I'm a motherfucking beast girl In this jungle out here I'ma mean that shit sometimes I won't mean that shit I'm trying to find a way to beat that shit Tell you exactly what you wanna hear And I'm, I'ma have fun with it Give me your heart and I'll run with it Give it back in pieces when I'm done with it What up everybody? I'm sorry for the long hiatus It is not my fault If you see Damo on the street A.K.A. D. Renee Holla at her because she took so, uh, so many months off. Now, she is an entrepreneur. She has a great business line, and she's doing big things. So I wanted to talk to somebody, so I said, let me tag in my son, my young adult son, because the show is called The Relationship DNA. His name just happened mm -hmm. to be Destin, so it's still D and A. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, Destin? Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you for having me, Dad. I'm well. Glad you were able to be here. So this is an interesting topic. When I spoke to you about this, you said you wouldn't mind talking about manhood. So folks, today's topic is a boy can't grow to be a man without seeing one. Hashtag manhood. So Dustin, when you hear that title, the way it's phrased up, what comes to mind? When I hear manhood, I see a father, a grandfather, a leader someone with power and respect Ooh. is there any like uh definitions that you have for yourself when it comes to manhood and how does that compare to what society says manhood is my personal definition of manhood would be a man who can take care of himself on his own not dependent on anybody but himself and compared to the society's point of view of a man would be the uh, the protector and provider of the family who, who, you know, goes to work, comes home while the wife is at home cleaning, cooking, taking care of kids. Well, the number Basically one thing, the great. The number one thing I always taught you is everybody has a different definition, standard for everything. There's no universal one word answer unless you're in school because school teaches you, this is the question, repeat the answer. But when it comes to being an adult, there is no real blueprint. Everybody's gonna have a different path, a different experience, and it's never failure. It's just life lessons. And you always wanna try to figure out how you can make life either easier for yourself or easier for the next generation, your kids, your grandkids coming forward. So. You are now 19 and you'll be 20 this year. So time goes fast. How do you feel about your maturation to manhood from when you were a teenager to now bringing a young adult? I believe I take things more serious than when I did when I was younger. Like recently with, with music, I'm starting to take it more serious, write things out talk to you, talk to my cousins about it. Like whenever I have an idea, I'll write it down and I'll, I'll like pitch it to somebody, whether it be you, my cousin, um, maybe my, my, my little circle of people, but I don't normally like to go to them like that. So mostly family. And I'm starting to get used to the real world, being an adult, 
working on people respecting me as the adult I am, stuff like that. Well, you know, respect is something that sometimes is given and sometimes earned. So it, it'll take you defining what you want people to see you as when it comes to respect. What should they respect? What aspect should they respect? What respect are you going to say you want versus what are you going to command or demand from people? So always want to be respected, but if not, you need to be able to recognize when the respect isn't there. And also take note of two things in life, respect and fear. I told you that was lessons a long time ago that if somebody doesn't respect you and somebody doesn't fear you, then all cards are off the table because either you respect me enough not to, to cross the line with me or you mm -hmm. fear what I might do in retaliation. So always remember those principles okay. as you navigate the, the world. So one thing I wanted to talk about was the topic is manhood, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think makes a man a man? To take responsibility for one's own actions, to to always be a man of their word, to not well, this would probably be repeating myself, but to not shift the blame onto other people's for your own mistakes and flaws. Like that. Well, those are some good principles. Um, so. What to me, what makes a man a man is somebody who kind of stands on their word, mm -hmm. um, has values, has principles that they won't bend for financial gain or for uh, uh, a partnership, business ship or anything like that, situationship, but somebody just mm -hmm. stands on their grounds and morals. I also think that what makes a man and a man is having a plan. There's one thing that everybody benefits from, and that's having a plan. Society says that men are the provider, men are supposed to make things happen. So as a man in this structure of society, you should always have a plan. You should never rely on somebody to guide you or make your plans for you. You should always have a plan and ask for help or assistance along the way, but not just rely on other people to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um... In terms of being a man, I have done my best to try to always make a connection with people in terms of this is how I want to be spoken to. This is how I want to be communicated to. Have you ever felt like there was a communication gap or uh conversation with either another adult or family member because they still see you as the young child that grew up and not as the young man that you are today? Yeah, still now with some members of my family, I see that. Okay, without giving too much information, do you want to just give a scenario or situation so that some of the listeners might be able to understand uh, the situation? <laughs> I remember one time I was at one of my family members' houses and I had said something along the line. Like I gave my opinion on something that they disagreed on and they said I was being disrespectful. And I'm like, how am I being disrespectful? I'm just giving my opinion. That doesn't mean I'm trying to 
put any malice towards you or hurt your feelings by saying what I said. Well, always remember too, as I give you permission, you can challenge anybody on a statement or a position mm-hmm. or respect and your delivery and your tone. It's never disrespectful as an adult to give your opinion, to voice your opinion, as long as it's in a good tone and a, and a clear cut delivery. Because if you have a better position in displaying your argument, then you might win most of the discussions over any adult, any age. But I always yeah. want you to be able to learn how to speak up for yourself, pick out the flaws in people's arguments, and be able to present it to make them realize when they're wrong. There's a lot of good things in discussion and argument is making people feel stupid with their own words without you saying nothing. <laughs> I enjoy those 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 uh, intelligent debates with some people where I'm able to just point out all the flaws in instruction and stuff like that. So just continue to always stand firm and not be afraid of the back and forth as long as it doesn't get out of hand. And anytime you're seeing it getting too, too hot and heavy or, you know, the temperature's flaring with family, you can always walk away. You know that yeah. you said what you had to say. You can revisit it when everything calms down. But, you know, make sure you always uh, speak up for yourself. All right? All right. Um, what pitfalls have you experienced um, or, or caused any delay in your feelings of becoming a man today? Um, recently with... Some of my, it still happens now with some of my cousins, they still like treat me like I'm their age. Like, even though, you, even if it's not that big of an age gap, I still feel like I should be be respected and said like, oh, that's in, you're just this. You're just this. And you'll just always be this. I'm like, man, nobody got time. <laughs> so you're saying these are younger cousins? Yeah. Well, the one thing I would tell you is you are considered the firstborn in a lot of uh, spaces of your generation. So you are the oldest, you are the adult, so you're going to always have to explain that position to your younger cousins. Like, yeah, we cool, we can laugh and joke, but there's still a level of respect that we got to have, or I just can't talk to you no more because now I got to separate the cousin from the adult. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it takes some time, but definitely always keep your position. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So um, so you're about to turn 20, and I don't know much uh, of your dating aspects or how deep you are, how far you are in terms of relationships with uh, the female species. But I want to ask what are some of the principles in dating that you think comes with being a man? And what are some principles that come with being a woman? Just so I can get an understanding of where your mindset is at, at this age. Some principles of dating when you're a man, you should you know, always be a gentleman to the woman, always speak to her in a kind, respectful fashion. Um, Never, never try to start an argument for the sake of starting an argument, because that's not going to get you nowhere, but a toxic relationship. Um, I believe as a man, if you ever have a disagreement with your, with your significant other, you should always 
be willing to talk it out instead of, you know, getting upset, cursing, doing all that extra stuff. Same thing could be said about um, women as well. It's because if, for example, your man does something that you don't like and you get upset and you just black on him, he's going to, it's not, it's not going to have a positive end result. Both of y'all is just going to be mad. Instead, you could have just, you know, talked it out like mature, grown adults. Um, what's another one? Another one would be always keep, for, for both genders, always keep a clean, a clean house and home because it represents, because your house and home represents who you are as a person, where your foundation is, where your mindset is at. Like, if you're dating someone, they come over to your crib, you got a messy room and go and think your mind is all over the place. You're lazy. You don't do nothing with your life that you're being a bum. But if you know, come home to a, to a nice organized house, they see that you at least got your mind somewhere focused on something. Hmm. That's interesting. So do you think in the context that you just explained, having a messy house or a messy room, do you think that reflects somebody's, uh, say, life environment? Like, because the house is, or the room is chaotic, that their life might be chaotic as well? Yes. And you have seen that in display? Yes. <laughs> okay, we won't get into it because I don't know what you're going to pull out the bag. And as I always mm-hmm. want to say like we want to have a conversation but we want to make sure that we always do everything in love and respect so i know that mm-hmm. this might be a little too close to home so we won't expound anymore but i will bring it back to uh the notion that you said about uh communication during um heated times um what if you as a man that's supposed to be the head of the household like society says and you're trying to communicate to this partner and they just won't listen what, how do you handle those situations since you haven't been there yet? Me personally, if you're not listening, I'm going to give you some time to calm down. But if you don't listen after after a second attempt, we got we to gotta do something. We have to come back to it another day. And if, if you're still not listening, then there's no point. In, in my mind, there's no point in being in a relationship with someone who's not going to listen listen to me because then you don't respect me Mm, interesting so how many chances do you get before you say you know what this is too much to to deal with do you give it one two do you give it six months a year a few years how long would your breaking point be well for me it would vary for each person depending on their personality to be 100 percent honest like if they have they have one of those toxic personalities after the first time you you're done, but you know if you if if they're one of those people who's like going through something, I'll give them three three chances. But if we're like regular friends, I talk to you on a daily basis or or a weekly monthly basis. I'll give you two chances. After you do it that second time, that relationship is done. So interesting. Uh, so you haven't been in like any long term serious young relationships yet. How do you recognize? a toxic trait in a person? Mm. Well, for me, what I consider toxic traits would be getting really aggressive at the slightest, at the most little things. Um, I guess identifying a toxic trait would be, for me, something something that 
that you do that gets me really upset within a short amount of time, I would identify as a toxic trait. Like something mm. that really pushes my buttons. So interesting. So in all of the counseling that I give to people, I always focus on the person I'm talking to and not the mate because the mate is not there to defend themselves. So mm -hmm. in this situation, I want to point out to you, how does somebody push your buttons and you allow them to push your buttons? Hmm. Someone currently? No, you said you said because if you recognize an attacking trait of somebody, you know, trying to push your buttons, one would ask, well, why are you allowing your buttons to be pushed? Well, if it's the first time, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to bring it up. Be like, hey, I don't appreciate when you do this because it makes me feel this way. <laughs> and after that first, well, after that first time, I tell them if they do it again, then that's done because mm -hmm. that's a toxic trait. We don't got time for toxic relationships. You know, <laughs> some some therapists would say, like, why why do you allow this person pushing your buttons even provoke a reaction out of you? Why even pay it any mind? True. Sometimes, sometimes, well, I, I don't speak from my own experience, but I speak from seeing other people go through it. Um, sometimes, sometimes you're not in the right headspace, so you let them push your buttons because you're in love with them. You think that they're that they're your soulmate. So you just let them get away with it because you think this is what love is, probably from something you've seen in your household or from other family members. So from a young man who has seen his father married to his mother and then his father married to uh, your stepmother, how do you recognize the the qualities of a person when it comes to picking qualities that you may need qualities you may want mm. I believe that you should find all those qualities out like during at least the first two dates in my opinion you ask them you ask them about their upbringing what they do on a daily basis what their goals and aspirations are um, if you it and back to, to what I said about houses, if you ever go to the house, you can see if that's if that's someone you want to be with based off their house. So, and you said two dates. So what are three things that you need to know within the first two dates to know that they, these are the qualities that you want to invest your time in? Mm, for the first day, I would, <clears throat> since it's the first day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too personal. So I'd probably ask, like, how's your living situation? Um, what are you currently doing or aspiring to do? What are your goals? Um, and maybe, possibly, where they live at. Because sometimes, also, environment, the environment of which you live could affect your mental health as well. Sometimes people only ask the questions that they are comfortable answering. So are these the questions that you'd be willing to give your honest answer to, or would you give the resume answer, which means I'm going to just say something that sounds right versus revealing nah, my I true would, self. No, nah, I would give the honest answer. Cause if you, 
because if you think of it like 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 a survey then you just lie and then your i your foundation of of this person will be built upon lies oh. and you don't like dealing with liars nope so since you brought that up uh men are supposed to stand on their word right what yes. are some things that you've learned as a man that would be considered lying to yourself? What are some of the things in your life that may be considered lying to yourself? Um, let's say that you're an alcoholic. Everybody knows you as the alcoholic. You're drinking every day, even, even if, if there's no need for it. And you say to yourself, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just... This is how I deal with my problems. That would be one way of lying to yourself. Mm. When you see when when you see the issue in yourself and you're not addressing it, you're just brushing it off to the side. Okay, I get that. Now I want you to give me an example of something that's not as extreme, but oh. most men will wouldn't even recognize that would be a, a lie to themselves trait. Let's see. Possibly maybe a man that's that's into women who who have similar traits to their mother. Mm. Oh. That's, a, that's an interesting one. So, you know, sometimes I have lied to myself in the past of not managing the expectations that I have for others and myself. Hmm. And sometimes that creates a forced reality because if you're never holding yourself to the standards that you want from others, then the outcomes are always going to be, you know, imbalanced because you're going to expect some more from the person versus what you expect from yourself. And the person might even be doing their best, but you might be calling them out when they're doing more than you because you're oblivious to how much you procrastinate or how much you don't clean or how much you don't cook and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So you got to be careful with stuff like that. So, uh, so far, so good. I like your, your answers and your questions. So my son will eventually be a father. Are you planning to create your own uh, parenting playbook or are you going to mimic or repeat any of the things that I try to teach uh, you and your siblings? I would most likely mimic and then and then make my own playbook along the way. Well, I always say since every person is different, every situation is going to be different. You carry some, as I always tell you, different lenses of viewing the situation. So when one lines with, with a pair of glasses, since you wear glasses, <laughs> you know, you gotta keep <laughs> change, you got to keep changing your prescription. So mm -hmm. every time your prescription adjusts, you might see it better. So all life cycles of information is a lens that you can view it from and every point of view has two sides that's why it's kind of linear i see it from this way but the person over there sees it from this way so can i get the other side from the other person's point of view without drawing the conclusions and stuff like that so definitely i would say keep the principles that you enjoyed as a child or even as a young adult that made sense to you keep those principles and then add to the personality of the child that you have because you and your siblings are all different so you know with you i can be more direct 
I could sit down, we could have the man to man, and then with your sisters, I gotta come with the loving, caring delivery. I gotta speak mm-hmm. soft because you don't wanna damage their feelings. Yeah, you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you don't want to damage them with that uh dad complex that most people say that they have. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I always feel like when I'm doing something to try to either correct them, discipline or explain, I would always fear that they grow to kind of hate the disciplinary side of me, but then attract somebody to fulfill that void. And that's the last thing I would want to do to even you picking, you know, the wrong mate out of something that I might have done and, and didn't realize that it was, you know, damaging and stuff like that. So always, you know, try to figure out the personality of your child before you put some strict rules down. And I'll give you this example. Um, as sports, every mm-hmm. coach has a roster full of players and not everybody on that roster is going to take the same criticism or yelling or cursing. So mm-hmm. the coach has to have a, a good um, personality detector to know I can yell at him and get the best out of him, but I got to console this person and encourage them, let them know that they're still playing good, but they can do better. So that's the analogy I'll give you. Um, let me see. In terms of officially one day being married, do you believe in the ideology of gender roles currently at your young age of 19? Not anymore. I did when I was younger. But honestly, seeing you seeing you perform both gender roles when after you and mom broke up, I was like, wow my dad can i guess the proper way would say it would be to be the mom and the dad at the same time you try to call me <laughs> try to call me soft on, on the podcast that's what i heard no. dad you soft <laughs> yeah. so so what traits do i did i perform that you say a mother and a father do what are some of the traits can you list or name some of them that you saw a father normally goes to work um mostly mostly from from what i know of gender roles the father is normally you know the breadwinner goes to work comes home relaxes while the mother is taking care of the kids while he's away doing the homework cooking cleaning the house but you do all of those you would go to work come home Make sure, make sure we did our homework. Make ask if we needed help on our homework. Cook, clean. Make sure we got to bed on time when we was younger. Greatest bedtime stories. Yes, I took pride in being a father, and a husband, and a brother, and a sibling. I take pride in that family aspect. And one thing I will say to you, just in case, like you happen to go to this, is we we try to find an identity for ourselves in this society in this life and sometimes you might attach to something that makes sense to you so when you were younger and i was with your mother i attached to just being a father and a husband and that was my identity but the minute that we split i lost my identity i was no longer a father on a regular basis i was no longer a husband on a regular basis and i kind of went through this uh soul searching 
path for the next few years trying to figure out, well, who am I? And what do I like? And who do I want to be? And it takes time to try to figure yourself. That's, that's why I always tell you and your siblings, it is so important for you to know who you are. It's so important mm -hmm. to recognize what you love about yourself. It's mm -hmm. also important to figure out what you hate about yourself. Because whatever you don't like, more than likely other people will see it and can use it as a weapon against you. But you have the opportunity to identify it and then change it. That's why I always tell you, what do you don't like about yourself? There's gotta be something. Now, change it, work on it. How do we get this better? How do you, if you, if, you know, say if you don't like your looks, how do you change your style of dress? How do you change your appearance, your haircuts, your stuff like that? If you're not in shape, how do you then motivate yourself to get in shape so that you can love who you are more if you don't think that you can read well or read at slow pace? Like when I was younger, I couldn't read fast. I still don't think I read fast, but I've grown to read at a better place and I'll learn to understand and comprehend better. And when I didn't like it, I said I had to read more. And the great invention of technology is, as you can see, when I went to my master's degree, computers read for you. <laughs> so I learned how to turn every document I had in my master's program into a PDF so the computer could read the entire books for me. And that's how I quickly learned how to read faster, learn bigger words and Google words as they're saying them and get the assignment and find it online. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank God for technology. Technology is something great. Okay. So one of my final questions is you will be 20 this year. What aspects of manhood do you want to add before you turn 25? Being self-dependent. So I, so I could just get things done on my own. I actually been telling myself that since I got here, I was like, first one, one of the, on the top of my list, I got to become self-dependent. I don't want to depend on everybody to get things done. Cause I, I, I came to realize I do that a lot without even realizing it. Well, I will say, you know, um, when you were young, I think you kind of did shy away from conversations, shy away from responsibilities, shy away from having to, to interact with people. And since being with me, you have grown in this short year to have some working experience, to be forced to go out on the train, go out into the world, see the world versus always being cocooned in the house and everybody wondering why, well, why doesn't he act like this? Because he hasn't had that freedom. So now I force you to say, you'll go do this, go learn this, go outside of this, <laughs> run over here. So I need you to get out there and not be afraid of the world. Like the one thing I always try to say to y'all is that life is interesting, but life is hard. Why is it hard? Because most of the times growing up, we're not giving the exact tools that we need to excel in life as an adult. A lot of things you learn before 18 don't really prepare you to be an adult. But with your current generation, y'all have all of these things at your fingertips. The phone does everything, video games, streaming, playing online. You know, people have friends all over the country they play Call of Duty with. But before, yeah. we were forced to go out to the library. I don't think nobody really goes to the library anymore. We were forced to go travel and train when we played in tournaments. So imagine your father at 11, with a book bag, sneakers, and a basketball 
on the train going all the way out to Castle Hill to play in Castle Hill tournaments in the Bronx or playing the Kips wow. Bay in the Bronx by myself. Wow. Traveling all the way downtown to like Duncan Center, uh, A75, or going to Millbank up the block or going all the way up to um to this, uh, uptown Washington Heights to play sports. Like that's just something that we did without technology, without a phone to track you. We were just forced to go out there and try to learn how to be adults. And I think that caused us to mature faster. But I think that's also been a hindrance to the growth of your generation and your future generation, because you're going to have so many things at your fingertips that is going to hinder how fast you can become an adult and be prepared for the ups and downs of life. So earlier today, you had sent me a text message and it was the uh, trucks that will be replacing all drivers because it's going to be robots or robot controlled or whatever. And I kept mm -hmm. telling you for years, I've been saying it for years, right? Like, yo, this fourth industry, industry um, industrial industry, it's, it's scary because they're doing their best to try to get rid of all the jobs that certain people need and can do. So you don't see no people really at the, at the toll booths no more. You don't see nobody at the train stations no more. So now you're about to get rid of all of the uh, truck drivers. You might eventually get rid of all the cab drivers because the cars can drive themselves. <laughs> you yeah. might eventually get rid of all of the fast food workers because they started to build robot hands that can make food. You already see oh, that wow. they you already see that they impl implemented the kiosks. Like go use the kiosks. Don't talk to the mm. to the staff now. So I'm just like yeah. so. We're in this school structure. We're in this life structure that we go every day that people are actually talking about this. Now, I make y'all aware of it because these are the things that I read. And I've been reading about this stuff for years. I've been, I was one of the first people to come to my neighborhood and say, did y'all hear about universal basic income? And everyone's like, no. And I'm like, yo, they're saying that they're going to give us all money because the jobs are going to fade out by 2030. And everybody thought I was full of it. Now you saw the last election. That's what they were talking about. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow, like there's so much information out here that we're not privileged to. So I'm saying this to say that I want you to not be one afraid of the future, but I want you to kind of embrace the future in the sense of information is there. And as long as you're informed, you can make, as we said, a plan to survive or to avoid any shortcomings, pitfalls, any industries that are about to be taking over or reduced in staff because I only have to pay a robot now that I can maintain with money because I'm already a billionaire company versus paying a worker that could get sick, could get pregnant, could retire, that I have to pay medical benefits for, that I have to pay out a pension plan. Yeah, they're about to get rid of all of that. So with that being said, how do you plan on preparing your children for that future? Mm. have them I guess doing what you do what you've been doing with us have them write out <laughs> have them write out a plan for their future so they can continue on the Smalls family legacy or build or well yeah yeah continue out the Smalls family legacy okay so uh, I'm gonna say that this podcast was a good episode I enjoyed hearing you talk you're very mature I'm very impressed. I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. 
So before we close out, we normally do like role plays and stuff like that when it's me and Damo, but she's not here. So we are going to go to what we call DNA Decoded. It's just a breakdown overview of the entire episode. So what is your last takes of the entire episode? How do you feel about it? My last takes of the entire episode is that I want to focus on gender roles is that I personally don't think there should be any gender roles. I think any gender could do, could cook, clean, be the breadwinner of the house, do it all. I personally feel that there should not be any. In my opinion, I don't see the purpose of saying, oh, this gender should only do this and it should stay that way. And this gender has to do this and only do this. Well, you're going to have to make sure that in the future you find a like-minded person because as you see on social media, they're saying that all men need to pay for all the dates and they need to provide and they need to do this and they need to do that. And it's kind of like the old school standards when only Mm -hmm. men worked are being applied to this climate when everybody's working. The women of our communities are going to college more and graduating at a higher rate when it comes to men and the expectations are still the same. So you're gonna have to actually date somebody who's aware of the real society exists and the actual numbers when it comes to statistics on how much do we actually make as black men in entry level positions or in mid-level positions and how many of us actually exist in upper level positions. And you know me working for Mount Sinai, one of the tasks that I've just been assigned was to create a black male initiative that will increase um, the, 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 the numbers of people in mid to upper management levels. And that's a task in, in its own, but I've been around in this area for a while now where I'm starting to realize that there's not a lot of men, especially black men in these positions of management. Where There's a lot of black women in these positions making good, good money. And there's a lot of men not in these positions. So how do you then take what you're saying? Like there should be no gender roles. Everybody should do their own thing. But then wind up getting a girl that who's in a high position, makes a lot of money to start looking at you. Like, why can't you get it together? When you going to get it together? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's going to be very interesting out there. And that's not to discourage you or nothing like that, but it's, it's a, it's a reality that I'm hoping to continue to help you along the way to understand the corporate structure and finances and paying, paying bills and budgeting and managing your credit so that you don't have to go through all the life lessons that I went through and that I'm still learning from. My job is to make sure your job is easier. So my final thoughts on the episode is, I got a son who's about to be 20. And who'll soon be 21 before I know it. And your sister is about to turn 18. Your other sister is about to turn 13. And you're about to have a new sibling on the way. So I'm just shocked at the cycle of life. I'm shocked at the reset button that I'm about to hit and experience this time again. Because having you and your sister together was kind of like still a first-time parenting thing. Mm -hmm. Having Anaya as a stepdaughter once I got married again it was still like not having a full cycle 
because mm-hmm. she's still she's still young. So I only really been in been around for about six years. So still feeling like the first time parenting. But this yeah. new baby situation is going to be a whole new cycle, a whole new experience. I could literally say I've done this before. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's yeah. interesting. So have, having you on the show and talking about marriagehood and seeing where you're growing, I'm, I'm impressed. I want to let you know I love you and I appreciate you. And there's a reason why I made you one of my best men at the wedding. You and my brother are my two closest people in my life. And I just want to let you know I love you on the show. And I love you off the show. And I love you <laughs> to the moon love and back. And I appreciate you for joining us for this episode, all right? All right, of course. All right, so y'all, everybody that's watching, I hope you enjoyed this. There's an opportunity for me to sit back and talk to my son, my the fruit of my loins. <laughs> and this is the relationship DNA. And as you know, we'll try to get back to you soon. If you if you see Dom on the street, tell her, get back on her grind. But we'll try to kick out more episodes and I'll try to keep tapping people in instead of um letting all this time go by because I enjoy talking and I need people to talk to. I try to do a podcast on my on my own. I hate talking to myself. So thank y'all all for joining. We out. We out.